0: Hello everybody and welcome to the 292nd episode of MTG Fast Finance, the podcast that's constantly haunting your specs and wrecking your decks mtg fast finance is your weekly podcast covering the world of magic the gathering finance collection management and speculation i'm your host james chilcott aka at mtg critic on twitter my co-host this week as always is travis allen at wizard bumpin on twitter and we're here to help you folks make and save money playing our favorite game magic the gathering
1: good evening james good evening everybody glad to be here and looking forward to sharing some valuable information with all of you our show is produced by mtgprice.com the leading mtg finance community Sign up today at mtgprice.com to plan your specs, chat on Discord, and read articles by some of the best financial minds in the hobby.
0: MTG Fast Finance is proudly sponsored by Cool Stuff, Inc., where you can find all sorts of cool, nerdy stuff in stock, including all the best in Magic the Gathering singles, sealed product, and a plethora of other collectibles. Use the promo code FINANCE5, that's the number 5, during checkout at coolstuffinc.com to save 5% off your order and support this podcast. Travis, what are we talking about this evening? Well, I'm going to add a, a
1: brief interlude here, as I only thought about this after we started recording. But the intro absolutely should have referenced that NFT website that stole everyone's money and ran away. I mean, I mean, which one? <laughs> the, the the well, right? But in this case, that uh, was a lazy ape or whatever. Yeah. No. Lazy Evolved Apes. ape. Evolved ape. That's what it was. My god, the one people getting so angry about artists' rights if you right click, save an image. Oh my god. Who I, you know, I remember when we first started talking about NFTs on this one, they were kind of just breaking into this scene, and I think we were a lot uh friendlier to them at that time because I guess I didn't quite appreciate the whole scope of it, and now goddamn, I do not care for them. And if Wizards goes forward with that plan. Mm, They they look like a train wreck, which only leads me to believe wizards will do it.
0: It's called Evil Ape. So here's the thing. There's almost certainly fantastic projects on the up and up and up in the NFT world. And the technology behind it is going to get used to do some very cool things. But (laughs) as we've seen again and again and again and again, the, the people that are going to jump on fresh tech the fastest in the modern era are the scammers. You know, like in the VHS era back in the early eighties, it was porn that jumped in first. Right. And, mm. and, and drove a lot of the demand for at home use. And again, when the, when the internet debuted, it was porn that led the way and all, all of the dirty money and dark corners but, that go with. So as, as
1: an Assad, I actually took a class on this in college. It was called Cyber Porn and S- Society. Sure, and uh, it really it actually drove home the point that virtually every technology battle was decided mm-hmm. by porn. Mm-hmm. It was like VHS versus Betamax, CD versus Laserdisc, DVD versus something else, MiniDisc. Yeah, but yeah, sorry. Go ahead. Your greater point here.
0: Yep. You. Yeah, I mean, you're big in, and NFTs. Super funny. There's going to be lots of shenanigans down that down that path and it's it's amusing to me that they ran away with only three million dollars having been the having been the victim of two not one but two bitcoin scams over time uh the mount gox saga in japan and then one of the major exchanges here in in canada where the owner supposedly disappeared died and was cremated in india which probably means he's on a private island somewhere
1: Mm -hmm. yeah almost certainly
0: yeah uh, I, uh, it, it's amusing that they, they they ran out on just a, a mere three million
1: yeah well you know <laughs> honestly i think nfts are garbage and i hope everyone stays away from them having said that i am not going to fault anyone who scams people for it because you're really only scamming a bunch of tech rubes so you know get, get that bag
0: <laughs> I, I, i've got a contact that <laughs> booked a meeting with me tomorrow to talk about an nft project called Mechaverse. And this is like the next level stuff where it's not just some random image. It's going to be a whole integrated ecosystem, blah, 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 with a whole bunch of other things going on where value is driven by the ability to stake money and then have landlords and rental opportunities. You know, late stage capitalism at its finest. And I'm sure some of those things are going to end up scams too. And some of them are going to be interesting there's still this overriding concern about whether any of it is is worth all the effort and potential environmental impact, et cetera. Yeah, I, I, th- I've just been I'm on the sidelines and I'm gonna stay there until I see a good reason to do otherwise.
1: Yeah, I mean, at this point, I don't, regardless of how cool the concepts are, so long as it's uh, eco terror essentially. I dislike it. I think that the fundamental concept of these like unique IDs, whatever, is is fine, but tying it to the electricity usage is is unfortunate. Uh, and I can't really support them in any capacity as now, long as that's true.
0: Now that being said, I did read a, a pretty strong debunking of the whole eco claims against Bitcoin thing recently, where it's like, yeah, th- this is some of this is true, but a lot of it is misinterpreted, overblown. Or just completely ignores that every other industry in our lives is doing all the same things. So well, so while the a lot of the criticism pointed towards having distributed networks uh, sucking up power is absolutely correct. There are also massive industries like airlines that are doing significant damage to the world. And there's really only four countries that matter or five countries that matter. Like the, the U.S., Russia... China, Indonesia, and Brazil will dictate the future of our planet. And it's not going to be Bitcoin.
1: I I don't doubt that some amount of that is true, but that, you know, especially with regards to NFTs, even more so than cryptocurrency, it's what are you doing this for? Yes. And NFTs are just the dumbest shit imaginable. Like, do air does airline industry create a huge eco problem? Absolutely. Does it actually do something? Yep. <laughs> like both of those are true. NFTs, on the other hand, humongous energy usage for nothing. For
0: evil apes, for different yeah, for- pictures of ugly apes. And the thing I, the problem <laughs> I have with a lot of this is that most, even if you're an art snob and you could find value in, being part of the next wave of artistic endeavor, there's some value there. But most of the art I've seen related to NFTs has been so god-awful that you can't even really make those claims. Oh, it's so bad. Anyway, I digress. Yeah, I'm off
1: track here. I just thought of it as you were doing the intro and I was like, oh, we should have referenced that. Um, Let me tell you about the segments this week. Segment one, our MTGO metagame we can review. We've got two modern challenges. We're going to talk about those. Maybe I'll even mention that they spoiled the deck lists for the <laughs> big worlds or whatever that's this weekend. Segment two, our top paper movers. A bunch of cards that have moved in price this week. What are they and why? Uh, along with our empty, top MTGO movers. Not a lot going on there. Segment three, our cards to launch. James and I will run through some cards that might do you good in the future. Uh, And finally, segment four, Topic of the Week, the Judge Program announced some new foils, so we'll dip our toes into that. Let's start out here on this first Modern Challenge uh, from October 2nd, right off the top. I see it was taken down by Living End, which uh, has really had a good go of it lately.
0: Yep, Living End's been a real solid deck. I checked in on the foil Living Ends that I called on Cast a little while back, and there's like six listings left on TCG Player in a very narrow cluster. Uh, of price points i think between 30 and 40 or something like that and once those dry up they somebody will post one at 200 and we'll see if anybody bites in in the in-between spaces that is sure as a price tag
1: i wonder about these i see that they have started playing titanoth racks yeah i saw that i this saw list.
0: that that yeah one of the there's many cycling options
1: and I that the the, uh, the Godzilla Primeval Champion, those foils are clocking in at like three bucks. There's a pretty hefty listing. 53 vendors. That's not insignificant. It wasn't uncommon. Several chunks of them. You could probably do worse than just buying a pile of every foil Godzilla. And just waiting until some point in the future where that looks good.
0: I did notice that Biolante uh, plant form or something, which is the Nethroi apex of death godzilla alt art japanese foil version is in short supply and i think harryu has them in about 150 us and very few listed between tcg and ebay
1: that's uh it's a pill that's a pill to swallow right there
0: well i mean yet again a list of things that are very popular in japan that people outside of that country don't necessarily understand or True. care about
1: yeah i i would agree that i do not understand or care about godzilla i wouldn't can't argue with that
0: What's next on the list?
1: Uh, following that, you've got Elementals here t- in second place. Again, another deck we've seen a good bit of uh, recently with Omnath, Locus of Creation at the core there, uh, with there are Risen Reef, and a pile of the Incantations. In- incarnations. I'm going to get those wrong all the time. Uh, they've got some Ephemerate, a lot of Marie's Car, Call, the Prismatic ending there. They're still on run in 6. They didn't get the message we're on run in 7 these days. Uh, Yogmoth Combo, Jund, Affinity, Blue-White Control, Blue-Black Reanimator, and Ad Nauseam round out the top eight. I see you've got a couple cards in the Ad Nauseam deck here. or the, I'm sorry, the Affinity deck tagged.
0: Well, I mean, we haven't seen Affinity in a while. People were messing, oh, yeah, around, is... messing around with it just after MH2 came out. And I think we saw it in a top eight maybe the week after or the second week after release. But here it is popping up again where the meta has... You know, not settled, but expanded, and it's a very healthy, powerful meta, uh, and yet somebody squeezed in here with four Sojourner, Sojourner's Companion, uh, which is the new Mirror Enforcer, and four Thought Monitor, and four Treasure Vault from the AFR set. So all, you know, Thought Monitor and Sojourner's Companion being even more MH2 cards top eighting in the last month is pretty hysterical to me and then blue black reanimator is of course running four uh Threferis, the three mana teferi time ravelers um as their splash and then they put mole drifter into the top eight of modern i saw a couple of streamers fooling around with this last week and here you have the mole drifter tech uh where you can get a Drifter into the yard and then draw two cards for free and end up with a 1-1 flyer if you persist it.
1: That was a uh, Muldrifter was in the Elementals deck too there. Drifter being modern legal again. It's uh, quite a thing in 2021, but...
0: And be- being legal and being played, I mean, that's... Yeah,
1: that's what I, Yeah, like wild. like to, to be relevant in the format is, is something. That's something...
0: Value creature, Best. value creatures with fresh reanimation potential, I suppose. And the fact that Muldrifter just happens to be an elemental gets it into that deck.
1: Right, yeah. It just randomly has a useful uh, creature type that's been irrelevant for a very long time.
0: So on over to the challenge the next day. That was on Sunday, uh, Modern Challenge from October 3rd. Shardless Footfalls in first. Four-Color Yorion, which won one of the challenges last weekend, finishing second here. So that deck, a deck to keep your eye on for sure. Shardless Falls again in third, Hammer Time in fourth, Scapeshift Titan without the amulets in fifth, and I guess the most notable thing there is they're running three copies of Wish, uh, the copy, the card, the tutor card out of AFR that allows you to play a card from outside the game. So I guess that's your sideboard or out of Exile, um, and they have a couple of cute little things they can do with that in the deck. And then Burn in sixth, Blue White Control again in seventh, and Dredge showing up in eighth
1: it's a nice little smattering over there too the the dredge in eighth place is fun to see um because i feel like that one kind of poked its head out once or twice but has been relatively quiet the last few weeks
0: i think we've seen it two or three times in the top eight since mh2 was released
1: yeah which was i met you early this summer
0: it it's a real shame that Wizards is is not running a ma- major modern tournament anytime soon. Because this is about the time where it would be fascinating <laughs> to see what the pros would bring to the table in this modern format. And it could easily be the case that they will get back around to that down the road. But there's a chance that the format will shift into something less healthy by that point. I think they've, they've missed they're missing a golden era of modern here, not having the pros bring their research to, to bear
1: yeah i mean i guess the the problem there is that modern's not on arena and they can't have paper tournaments so this is what we get
0: i mean they they're at the point where they they could easily have a small broadcast paper tournament
1: uh well but over the last several months that you know that hasn't really been an option now eh, eh, I, I wonder if the optics wouldn't be great you know
0: compared I'm to every, sure. compared to everything else that's going on in the US that having 20 or 30 people on the floor all double vaxxed and wearing masks in between matches and so forth would probably be totally fine.
1: Yeah, I mean I'm not saying it wouldn't be the I guess the larger problem there is just they don't want to put in the effort for paper tournament to begin with.
0: Yep. So like But well, they they're, they're trying to make their whole tournament scene arena based to to drive Expansion of arena potential so i mean there's they're showing little to no interest in doing anything else but there's no even third party modern major modern tournaments on the horizon i think the big thing that cfb is running in vegas is mostly about limited and standard if i'm not mistaken
1: yeah i believe it uh you drew lovin and sam black were talking on twitter today about how they both feel that um This the pivot to digital with Arena was probably one of the worst business decisions they've ever made.
0: It's hard to tell because none of us have access to the actually how close is Arena to being profitable long term. Um, You know, to what what extent did COVID improve uh, Arena's economics? Because we've talked about this before about how Arena is inferior on a per user basis in terms of profit generation um, because people can play free. Uh,
1: hmm
0: like i i've never put a dollar into an arena and i draft all the time i just when i need to if i finally scrub out and run out of the in-game currency that allows you to draft then i just spend a week playing my funny casual decks to build back up the free currency and then i go back to drafting they, yeah and and so they need to scale they needed to expand scale so they needed to get whatever however many people they had on magic online times the average revenue they get per person and the average profit per person they have to expand the arena ecosystem beyond that that scale so that they can make up for the shortfall in terms of the ARPU, the average revenue per user um it's not clear to me whether they've done that not or yet yet or not and uh i guess we'll see how it goes in my mind it it Things were in a much better position when they were alternating. When it was some arena, some paper. Uh, I think that's probably the sweet spot. I find the whole thing a little confusing in the overall because, as we've talked about before, it's really not that much money. Like it's money. It's it's, it's millions, but it's not in the grand scheme of things for them. It's it's not that that big a deal. Um, to do it but they seem to have just figured out they thought they could get away with not doing it and then COVID hit and you know these assumptions have yet to be tested in the post covid era whenever that will be
1: yeah i well i think the, the part of the point that sam and drew were talking about which i think is very is correct is that there are costs to the move away from paper and into online that have not been borne out yet. Like it will take time. You know, the damage to the community and the professional scene is relevant. Uh, and you're, you're not going to have an understanding of what that means in the space of a year. That Those are impacts that take years to sort of shake out.
0: It's also not clear to me that Wizards has the analytics on hand to even be doing the kind of analysis that would assist them in figuring out whether they've taken the right the right turns along the way because if you have you know all the things they've been doing with uh their organized play program and then COVID hits and then they see a spike in arena traffic because everybody's stuck at home and paper did well without um without the tournament support that they used to have and without lgs's being able to run tournaments it's sending a bunch of very uh Confu- well not even confusing it's sending some signals back to wizards that are not encouraging in terms of uh, any kind of impetus to go back to paper tournaments with a vengeance and provide a bunch of spend a bunch of money on coverage so I you know there's been this question mark from critics in the community uh, vendors and and players both. About whether, you know, how long could COVID keep people away from their LGSs without injuring the game on the whole? Like, at what point do people just go, I haven't been able to play this for two years now. I don't really care about the collecting aspect. I'm just moving on to something else. Um, and we don't have good information on, on that end of things yet. Um, and I think that they, the only signals that will end up mattering to them is if sales overall take a sharp nosedive.
1: Yeah, I there's a lot, a lot there. It's 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 hard to unpack. I, I you know the, the greater point here, I think, uh, or the one aspect of it I would comment on is the the question of whether or not they have the analytics necessary to make truly correctly informed decisions is very good because as we've seen, it feels like anything that involves a power switch they do a terrible job with, and that's analytics, right? Like that's, that's data. I feel like that's a, a, a that's a digital thing. And they very well may just have terrible analytics team who's pushing them in the wrong direction. I don't know. It'll be interesting to see if we ever get some sort of postmortem or discussion of the greater business strategy out of them in 10 or 15 years.
0: Moving on over to top paper movers of the week, we've got Sliver Hive Lord, the secret layer uh, edition. I believe those are foils, if I'm not mistaken i got a marked down here as a non-foil, but pretty sure it's foil. Going 20 to 30, and indeed I did sell one around that price just 48 hours ago. Um, so one of the earlier secret layers, not super surprised to see it draining out. The Scarab God, of course, is a pretty cool blue-black zombie, and there's all sorts of zombie hype right now. So the original Hour of Devastation, non-foils, 27 to 42, 55% gains. The Meat Hook Masker has been on an absolute tear, kind of bucking the trend's of uh fall set releases as a mythic that's gone just this is just the normal version of it 28 to 44 this week and it was up from i don't know people i think pre-orders were 15 to 20 from anybody that had them priced uh reasonably so there was i definitely picked up some copies in japan around 14 on release weekend and that's 57 percent gains and hard to say whether or how or to what degree it will retrace in the face of overwhelming supply, near peak supply. But for now, uh, kicking some ass and it's on the back of heavy standard play. And I believe a lot of spec traffic. I think speculators and vendors were in pretty heavy on this card.
1: Uh, Yeah, I could see that if, you know, everyone who has been around for a while might remember Massacre Worm and saw how popular that was and might've read this to be the most popular mythic in the set. Can't say for sure, but it doesn't seem terrible.
0: I mean, I called unnatural growth when it was at 10 as a buy saying that, you know, you might be able to hold your horses and let, let it get down somewhere between 6 and 10. And as of right now, it's at 14 for FEAs on on TCG player after that uh, big sale this weekend.
1: Mm. Yeah. Uh, wolf callers howl there out of Commander 2014, 250 to 4. That's on the back of uh, just Wolf, Werewolf's height. All Runs Epiphany here 9 to 16. You, you got to put that in bold for me. I talked about that. Uh, wait, let me find it. Uh, All runs epiphany, non foils. I said seven to fifteen for the extended arts.
0: Yeah, episode episode two eighty nine was your call.
1: So the extended arts are currently it looks like thirteen bucks or so.
0: Seen a lot of uh, plans. Yeah, fifteen
1: dollars. Right fifteen dollars. Booyah! Wish I bought any. <laughs>
0: I did pull. I did pull out German foil, borderless Alruns Epiphanies last night out of my German uh, KHM CB cracking and threw them up for sale alongside a gold span dragon, which sold almost instantly.
1: Oh, nice! Uh, Oh, wait. That was oh, so the other Scarab God. This is the Uh, double master's
0: foil pack foils.
1: Yep, I looked at those invent the invocations too. They're like two hundred (laughs) fifty bucks. uh yeah the in the pack foil double master is 25 to 50 there the mystic gates out of shadow more non-foils 20 to 40 uh i mean mystic gate is a very old card and this is the uh, very old oh my god and this is the original printing of it so uh, there was probably one or two copies left and somebody just picked them
0: up the blue the control decks in modern run two copies right
1: uh well we have
0: those results yep i've got it right in front of me two copies
1: Two copies, okay. Yeah, I can see that. That's interesting that they pivoted towards using that card because uh Blue White and Modern does not run that in a very long time. They need very it they time. need
0: it because they have the Teferi's that want blue white, they want J- Jason Mayan Sculptor wants double blue, and Solitude wants double white. And then Counterspell wants double blue. And and Archmage's Charm wants triple blue.
1: I bet yeah, it's the it's the uh counterspell and archmage's charm, I bet, that did it. Sure. That really pushed that you know that because they didn't used to play that many colored pips, but having to double and a triple back to back there is
0: I've certainly seen like for the mod. I've I'm certainly sure. seen one to two Mystic Gates in this in previous eras, but it's reinforced that they want it now.
1: Yeah, it was it was a it was a rarity. It was certainly not a, a standard. Now you get a couple decks running it. Uh, Kaya or Serper... Uh, the foils out of, was it Ravnica, Ravnica Allegiance, right? Rev, yeah, Ravnica Allegiance. of Allegiance. These set symbols are, uh, there's so many now, I can't keep them straight anymore. Uh, the pack foils here, looks like from 13 to 28. What is her actual name? Because it is not whatever is typed there. Or, okay, you, it's, you usurper there we go that was the problem kaya orzob usurper this is the three mana three loyalty black and white kaya then this is the one that showed up in the mythic edition as well looks like those are on 35 at the moment if we're seeing gains on the pack foils from 13 to 30 uh mythic edition yeah oh is this the mythic edition one
0: Mm, i think it i think it does exist the mythic edition, yes,
1: the mythic edition for this exists. The question is, what price moved here? Because this is thirteen to thirty. Oh,
0: this this is pack foil that we're looking at. This
1: is pack foil. Okay. Yeah. So that mean that makes me wonder about the mythic edition then, because that's at thirty. We're showing a market price of thirty. Let's take a look.
0: Forty dollars is the cheapest near mint, I think. Last time I looked.
1: Yep, it is forty two dollars right and, and now. And this ramp is super
0: steep. Like you got a copy yeah. at forty two, another two of them at forty two, then five at fifty. Uh, and then a pro trader with one at fifty, and then one at fifty-five. Another pro trader at fifty-five. Tales of Adventure at sixty-three, and then up into the seventies, eighties, and nineties. Those those are gonna that's gonna be a hundred dollar card.
1: Yeah, I would agree with you. That seems like a fine pick at some point here. I
0: think I think we've had that in our list somewhere or another. I see. I thought the pack foil had been on, but I never managed to track it down. Uh, let's. see yeah it doesn't look like we called it this year hmm. but i've certainly i certainly have some of those that i've had sitting aside waiting for the right moment to list and it looks like the time is good
1: okay well i'm adding that as my secret fourth pick this week <laughs> third uh, pick, we got third pick. we got
0: ranger class uh seven to sixteen on heavy standard play also see some a decent amount of edh play uh lets you play extra lands after you get it boosted up and uh, has another couple of uh, interesting abilities. Undead Warsheaf out of Time Spiral, Time Shifted. This is not from Time Spiral Remastered, but from the Time Spiral way back down the road. Those foils going from 12 to 32 on Zombie Hype. Plague Belcher out of Amonkhet, 250 to 7 non-foils off Zombie Hype. I think the foils jumped as well. Stensia Masquerade out of Shadows over Innistrad. That's a foil Uncommon going from 7 to $20 on Vampire Hype. Uh, 180% plus gains and then noxious ghoul out of legions 2 to 13 for non-foils 500% plus gains on zombie hype zombie and vampires is what crimson bow is likely to be all about and so everybody's going after the relevant objects
1: good week to be a tribal card it would appear it's funny i looked at a couple of those cards today and i was like ah oh, these are all a little too pricey for me to be interested in and it turns out they uh had all got bought just like in the last couple days
0: well i mean people were buying them late spring early summer heading into the double and block and people that that went deep on that stuff did very well i don't have much in the way of stacks leading into this because i underestimated the extent to which people would be willing to spend on werewolves and so forth um but with with a strong werewolf commander and keep in mind that that had been disappointing people had been disappointed in the past with their options so it was entirely possible that they would have coughed up another werewolf commander that would have been sixth or seventh most popular out of the available options this fall and werewolves would have been sitting at the sidelines yet again but turns out the werewolf commander is one of the top three for the season so things are doing very well on the werewolf side of things Mm-hmm. i mean i'm selling mm-hmm. like crew and outlaw foils at 20 dollars that i bought at two bucks like four years ago or something it's, <laughs> it's just silly
1: okay so here's the question why did you buy them four years ago
0: because mm, i think i think it was to do with shadows over innistrad
1: was that the last time we got whirls and you're hoping they were going to get a good commander It must have been five years ago then
0: if that's the case yeah probably something like that and then they didn't so they rotted in the bad specs box for half a decade
1: yeah yeah i mean the, the zombie tribal specs all don't all seem completely viable generally uh because zombies are just a perennial popular tribe so
0: we also i think probably people feel a little safer with the zombie stuff right now because we just got a blue black zombie deck as one of the midnight hunt commander decks so it insinuates that while there may or may not be zombies in the decks for crimson Val. They'll probably have different themes. Like, one of them is vampire-themed, for sure. And the other one could be whatever. But probably not zombies, since we just got zombies. Yeah. It could be werewolves, actually, because the... The the commander decks were humans and zombies, yes?
1: Oh, that I couldn't tell you off the top of my head. Let me just find the deck list. You also have Crimson Vow coming up, which is the vampire and zombie set. So it means all of this type of stuff is a little better than it would have been because you didn't just get your zombie set like you know it's about to come. So you've got a bit bit stronger of a setup, I would say.
0: Yeah, you can argue that the it's humans and, and, and there are some werewolves in this white-green deck, which is basically worthless right now, by the way. Um, but I wouldn't call this a werewolf deck. So the next two could easily be vampires and werewolves.
1: Yeah. Okay,
0: so moving right along we've got uh, I guess that's it. that's it for top paper movers. but over on magic online, we have a bunch of standard action for the most part heading into world championships that uh, started today if I'm not mistaken. Um, there was some drama around that because apparently Frank karsten wrote an article for the mothership that revealed a secret update to an relatively under the radar deck list that one of the teams had developed for the tournament. And released it two days ahead of time. So the team in question was kind of pissed. Yeah. Understandably.
1: Yeah. yeah, Sperling was griping about it. That he wanted to spend the next two days drafting. And said they now have to test all their matches. And they lost their edge. And they have to figure out how to play the other decks now. Uh, yeah, I mean, I get it. I I, I I sympathize with Frank. And also understand why all the players would be annoyed.
0: So... Intrepid Adversary out of Innistrad Midnight Hunt went from five tickets to almost 10 tickets on the back of Standard Play. Uh, The Meat Hook Massacre, again, doing work in both digital and paper, going from nine tickets to 17 tickets on the back of Standard Play. Faceless Haven, seeing a lot of play in that format, just under four and a half ticks to almost nine ticks, so almost 100% gains on all of those. Malevolent hermit out of also out of midnight hunt 1.3 tickets to 3.1 140 percent gains on standard play and then tovalor dire overlord is in both the standard green red were- werewolves decks and of course is one of the top commanders in edh right now so going from 0.24 ticks to 0.76 for 216 percent gains
1: i'm gonna be honest i don't care for the name tovalor it's a little clunky it's Sure. Little clunky.
0: Sure. So actually Tovalor Dire Overlord is, a, is yeah. a tongue twister overall.
1: Yeah, it's it's the dire over it's the overlord after the Tovalor.
0: Tovalor Yeah, just, just say Tovo.
1: Ar, 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 maybe it's just it's yeah.
0: maybe it's supposed to be onomatopoeia. It's like a a zombie's name stuck in your mouth. Would have been mm. better as a zombie commander name.
1: Now, it would be amusing if they were like if it was like Tovalor like tongue stealer, but they somehow also still included that mm-hmm. tw- that uh, that
0: so it was hard to say and he, yes. and he he's, has a, a necklace of tongues, that would be awesome.
1: Yes, yeah, yeah. That type of lo- that type of character and world building. But... Yeah,
0: that'd be great. So on over to cards to watch. I got a couple of
1: uh couple magic cards. A couple
0: curve curveballs here. How about rankle master of pranks that's probably off people's radar i would imagine uh rankle's a mythic from throne of eldraine uh did some work in standard not really relevant anywhere else outside of edh but on edh rec it's an 8000 decks since it was released two years ago it's a unique mythic unlikely to be a reprint priority anywhere anytime soon i would imagine could go years without a reprint. Sells about one a day in foil, just pack foils I'm talking about here, not the foil extended arts, which I'm sure were brought up earlier on cast a year or two ago. But you can get pack foils right now for about 8 bucks, and there aren't that many uh, sitting around on TCG player. So give that an, an amount of time, let's call it another year, and I would imagine they will drain on out as people slowly but surely acquire them and realize that the foil extended arts are beyond their interest. Uh looks like for foils we're under 50 listings total with no major walls except uh, a wall of 20 at $15 from Card Rush which would already be almost a double up from my suggested pricing.
1: Okay, I can get behind this. I remember picking the extended art foils a while back. I know cuz I have a couple of them. Um but the pack foils at eight bucks, that's pretty cheap. And that's also quite popular in e- in EDH. I think probably more popular than people in, I don't guess anticipated, but I I think it was after having picked the extended art foils, it was a little bit off my radar, and I don't know if people have quite noticed that Rankle has gotten that level of traction in EDH. And I would also agree that the reprint on this is quite far away. Uh I would I would be interested in extended arts and art foils, but those are rather pricey. I think the EA foils are 60 bucks right now. But compared to the pack foils at 8 bucks, that's quite good because it's going to be easy for people to come and want a copy of this and go, "Oh, well, you know, the extended art foils are so expensive, but a pack foils, 8 bucks. I'll buy that one instead." Uh and they can definitely churn through some copies and get into that 15 to 20 dollar range. Um so you're going to be waiting some time on this for like like you said the year or so, but I think that uh Seems like a solid one to grab a couple copies of and stash.
0: Super good time to buy them if you want them for your own collection. Not a super high priority emergency hey it's going to pop next week's spec by any means, but it's going to be a slow steady gainer over time. The other thing about I like about this card is it's like a, a broad synergy card that also has dual tribal synergies. It's both a fairy and a rogue. And yeah. then and then it interacts with discarding cards uh, draw, other players drawing cards and the Sacrificing of Creatures. And that's a pretty nice tool set with a whole, like, so many different things that it can interact with, right? Um, for instance, any of the cards that punish your opposing players for drawing extra cards, rankle you, you trigger the rankle thing and then you get all the triggers off of whatever you're, you're abusing in that way.
1: Yeah, the fact that you're getting so many angles on this is quite good. Um, you're getting the... The rogue, the fairy, the several mechanics that are relevant. I like all of those. Those are all uh, all good places to be.
0: And it's also a flying haste creature that can get in for some damage, and and also has you know there's things that you want to do right away, like tap it with some piece of equipment you put onto it or whatever. It's just a very flexible, cool card, very unique, and the art's fantastic. So, I mean, at minimum. If you're a EDH player collector with you know, 5, 10, 15 decks plus, this is the kind of card you want to have in your collection for when it slots in somewhere nicely.
1: Yeah, well, it's easy to see why this would be more popular than one might anticipate in, e- <laughs> in EDH.
0: All right, so what's your first selection here?
1: I'm going to jump in this week with Undead Augur. This is a MH1 card. That was reprinted in Modern Horizons two in the retro frame. So while the modern, as we've talked about before, the modern, and we're going to be having to repeat ourselves, oh, probably on average once a week for the next two years, that the Modern Horizons two retro frames were very, very plentiful, but the Modern Horizons one retro frames printed in Modern Horizons two were only available in collectors boosters and much less available. To wit. This one, which is uncommon, actually only has 36 vendors on TCG Play right now, and nobody seems to have more than seven copies. And I would bet, well, I did not look, if you were to look up the foil retro uncommons from Modern Horizons 2 proper, probably a lot more than 30, 36 vendors. In any case, this card's about a buck, maybe two if you just like. Pay full for full full price for one copy plus shipping, but you can probably score them in the dollar fifty range uh, if you buy a pile. But it's a very good zombie. It's a two mana two two. When another zombie you control dies, you draw a card and lose a life. Those are good words on a zombie. But you're paying a dollar and change for the best version of the coolest version of this card, the foil retro frame. A dollar, dollar and fifty. Like just buy it, hang on to it for a little while and uh these are gonna be five six bucks in i don't know probably a yearish maybe not even that long just seems easy to you know this is a 7000 G track tax um uh, you know just kind of hang on to a couple of them and they'll be great trade-ins or uh, possibly even sell for cash in a yearish
0: i'm curious what card kingdoms buying list has to say about this for the modern horizons foils they're offering fifty cents cash and for the foil retro frame they're offering 30 cents cash and then foil etched retro frame which is the other one from mh2 they're offering 22 cents suggests that they they value the mh1s more on the basis that they are harder to come by overall. Um, but I think that being said, if we're looking at the long term I think I prefer the retro frame foils uh from MH2. As you said, they are only available in the collector boosters. Um, there's 57 listings of those. Which isn't tremendous—a tremendous, a tremendous amount—and they're draining real fast. Like, they're if I look at the sales history, you've got one foil sold today, four the day before, and then one, and then one, and then one. It's like one Z, two Z, three Z per day, as people are, I guess, upgrading their blue-black zombies commander deck and just building more zombie stuff in general throughout the fall and if we get even more zombie support in crimson vow then there's consistent pressure over like a four to six month horizon as commander players you know slowly turn their attention to these tribes that innistrad tends to highlight um i do believe that mh1 copies will probably fail to have much of a premium over the old border foils it's possible i end up wrong on that but it doesn't st- as it's just an uncommon for modern horizons one and doesn't really have any specific i iconic appeal like it's no renin 6 original printing or force of negation original printing um and that black old border frame is the best of the bunch it's kind of the reason to care about old border foils in the first place so if it was me given that you can get them at about a dollar dollar 50 shipped i think i'm i think i'm looking at the old border foil version but one way or the other, I agree with you in full that this is too good of a zombie to be this cheap and could easily, given that it got two printings in two years, be left alone for another three to five years, show up in some commander decks here and there as a non-foil, but not really catch a significant reprint that will challenge the advancement slowly and steadily as these eventually become something you can buy less for a double or a triple
1: uh so you we i may have thrown you off here with the uh new column that i added to our spreadsheet i guess i neglected to mention that but i switched it up and now we have a set column and a treatment column but although it looks like you've got it using you use here but the ts in the treatment is the time shifted so my point being you are on you and i are on the same oh page.
0: oh you're going with you're going with the tcg determination that it's an mh1 card yeah no, I mean I think that's super confusing for people. TCG's got that wrong. It's definitely an MH two card. Wait, so this is a Modern Horizons two card? Yes. Retro frame foils.
1: This says the original print was in Modern Horizons one.
0: Yes, but which which printing are you calling?
1: The mod the. So <laughs> it's I'm calling it a Modern Horizon the. <laughs> I am saying the only retroframe version of this card.
0: The only the, the, the only retroframe version for, of this card is Modern Horizons 2.
1: Correct. But it's a Modern Horizons 1 card?
0: No. TCG player. Yeah. TC, no, TCG No, player took all of the any of the reprints from MH1 and listed them as MH1 cards. Yeah. They're not. They're from they're only printed in MH2 in that form, so they're obviously MH2 so, cards. Well,
1: so here so here's the thing. Scryfall also calls this a Modern Horizons 1 Time Shift. Yeah, it's not even just TCG player. Scryfall has it too.
0: I I, I think they're both wrong. That well, uh, because as a player, you want to know what set can I open to get the card. The answer okay, is MH two. But,
1: but that's wrong. You can all. You have to open the Modern Horizons two collector booster.
0: Yeah, but that. But you do. You certainly can't find it in MH one.
1: No, but you can't find it in MH two set boxes either. <laughs> I I mean, don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. This is a this is a mess. Kind of a mess. I i i don't know mh2cbs
0: mh2cbs is the actual source yeah
1: i i guess i'm just gonna say the retro and
0: they're and they're not and they're definitely not time shifted they're obf that's that's the The, designation
1: well again it's called time shift but but it's not not, not officially called that
0: that's just some nonsense they all came up with
1: well they're old border foils uh,
0: like in in the product release notes they're old border foils
1: Fine. I guess that I'm presuming they're using the term time shift because of time spiral, the original time spiral, which, you know, had that effect and called it time shifted. So whatever nomenclature you want to use at the end of the day, we are landing on the same card, the retro frame foils. Sure. So I don't, I don't like OBF. I want retro. I, I like retro. I, more. I, I than think
0: Wizards OB. calls them retro fo- frame foils or retro foil frames. Let me just double check what they called it in the release notes. Uh, tch, tch, tch. No, it's not that. Anyway.
1: Okay. Bottom line, so we we're, have,
0: we're, we're, we're on the same page. You, you want people okay. to b- buy old border foil undead augers.
1: Yes, but not... It, I, I didn't actually check the etched ones. Those are probably worse. Oh, yeah across the board just worse looking and i don't really want to own them and also they're annoying to search
0: for so <laughs> it'll be harder to sell them yeah so if you're calling saying you can get these i think you're realistically you're probably looking more at like a dollar 50 for these but if you're saying yeah. like dollar yeah. 50 to five and I, I don't know if it's gonna be 12 months or two years it, it's actually possible these go to ten dollars in the next two months like if yeah. if, if crimson bow costs up a bunch of cool zombies and maybe just one more zombie commander like say a mono black one or something you could see these just get drained right out but well time will tell the the thing about zombies that's nice is that as one of the top tribes of all time for magic they're going to keep going back to that well over and over and over again yeah like when we go back to dominaria there could be zombies you know there's a bunch of different planes where zombies can show up so and wizards tends to do a thing where they will seed tribal types across multiple planes as well in a standard cycle so you know, there could be more zombie support next spring for all you know. On. Well,
1: yeah, I mean, there's basically, I mean, I, I would have to go look. When was the last time we got a set that didn't have zombies, any zombies at all? And like what percentage of standard legal sets don't have zombies? And I bet it's yeah. very low.
0: And, and we know um, that we're getting Commander Legends uh in... Um the Forgotten Realms. So Commander Legends 2 is for sure gonna have zombies because zombies figure prominently, undead in general figure prominently in d
1: Yeah. So uh, yeah. So we're on the same page. We I, we both like the same card.
0: Clarity achieved. Uh, Zorn for this week. <laughs> Zorn showcase foils have been talked about multiple times in the ProTrader Discord. This is by no means this is by no means the first time I have discussed this card. Uh, with ProTraders, but it looks like... I thought we would have called it sometime in the last 10 weeks, but apparently it's not on the list anywhere. Uh, Zorn Showcase Foils from AFR. Super ridiculous old-school art. Um, it's a 3-2 for 3. If you would create one or more treasure tokens, instead create those tokens plus an additional treasure token. I love the fact that anything that has these token treasure token synergies, clue token synergies... Um, and what's the other token food token synergies there's just like a building theme of token these artifact token synergies especially with a commander focus this thing's already in 3550 edh rec decks since its release which is nine percent of all red decks those are pretty good numbers and you can pick these up in europe right now for a couple bucks cheaper than in the u.s i think people have drained them up from about two or three dollars up towards five on tcg player the sale on the weekend probably didn't hurt um, over in Europe, you can still get them at two fifty dollars 50 to $3.00, and I think for these to go, say, $3.00 to $12.00 in the next year seems very reasonable indeed.
1: Yeah, these are nifty. The I, I'll be the first to admit that the treatment here is not my favorite. Um, I think it's one of the showcase frames that really is awesome for people who know what it is and way less interesting for everyone else. It's not. It's not bad. I guess it just. It's supposed to land with resonance, and if you're not the person who played D and D, it's lacking that. But on its face, it's not a bad frame. Like in the way that you could say Invocations were a bad frame. Uh but three fifty. You know, what what, what, are, what are we looking at? We're looking at the the show the showcase non foils, right?
0: No showcase okay. foils. Showcase foils. Showcase.
1: Okay, so wait, that has to be yes. Then there yeah. we go. Okay, yeah. showcase foils. I just had it. Ah! Showcase foils. There you go. For... Perfect. For the three bucks. Yeah, I mean, it's such a good card. that's only going to get more useful. Because Wizards clearly found a place for the doubling of treasure tokens. And, like, they found what color they want treasure tokens to be home in and that's red and players have responded resoundingly that they like treasure tokens so i agree that everything that works with them is only going to continuously get better and treasure tokens are going to become a popular sub theme in the way that like plus one plus one counters are so getting in on the ground floor of this seems excellent
0: well you've also in this set you've got treasure vault which you sack to create half x tokens right You've got Goldspan Dragon that's been making inroads all year and is a a popular commander card as well as a strong standard card. It's a 4-4 flying haste for 5 and when it attacks or becomes the target of a spell, you create a treasure token and the treasure tokens make 2 mana. Um when you sack them as long as the dragon's in play so if you're making a treasure token when the dragon attacks Zorn gives you a second one that gives you four mana off the attack just from that those that tight sequence and there's so many other ways that that can be further abused um so yeah Zorn is just a, a clear clearly strong red utility card that whether it takes six 12 or 18 months i couldn't tell you for sure but i can tell you that it's going to be over 10 bucks at one point
1: yeah you'll get there eventually even if it's we don't know if it's Next week or the week after or whatever, but it'll work out in your favor. And it's
0: not like Zorn's doing any work in standard, so I'm not worried about him showing up in a Challenger deck or something in the spring.
1: Sure, yeah, that's true. I don't. I wouldn't anticipate uh, having to compete with another reprint of this anytime soon. I would expect that they will keep the D and D cards relatively hands off at this point. Part partly because that's a. Uh, a brand, a theme that would respond well to collectability and the people who want to collect stuff. If that makes sense.
0: Sure. Yeah. I don't
1: know. Maybe. Maybe. Uh, my second pick this week is a card I have talked about, although it was a different version of it. And it was a long time ago Blasphemous Act. Uh, I want the Commander Legends Extended Art Foils. They are currently $13. I uh, no, a bunch of you are going to say the commander legend foils are bad. You are right. But also nobody cares, especially not the people who are going to go buy those because they're going to put them in sleeves and it's not going to be that big of a deal. And they'll know that they have the extended art blasphemous act foil, which is what they want. Uh, it is an 82,000 EDH rec decks. It is the second most popular red card in EDH. People, they, uh, people play this card a lot, they put it in their decks. This is the best looking version of it. It is $13 for the foil Buy the foil for thirteen dollars and sell them for thirty bucks in spring of next year, possibly summer.
0: Let's see. Last time I called this was the foil extended arts episode. No, I, didn't. episode I didn't search for it. Episode 253, which was January of this year. So 10 months I ago. It was almost here.
1: year. was almost a
0: year. And yeah. it was the foil, not the non-foil. Well let's see how oh, the, this is the foil. you you're calling the F-E-A?
1: Yes, the so the FOIL column is for you have yes it's FOIL and then the frame is the extended arm. Nah
0: nah nah, we're not doing that. It's F E because
1: that no, that's the one that makes the most sense. The what frame? And then is it FOIL or not? But
0: you're separating it as two columns instead of just giving people an easy reference to a an acronym we all use in, and understand. Like F E A and EA are the are the standards in the in the Pro Trader Discord. And those
1: that's formatting that i have there makes perfect sense now the frame column could move over next to the foil column that would work
0: all right so here's here's the thing from sack feas from commander legends i called it seven to go to 20 currently we're at 13 so we've made some progress along the way it's not a terrible idea to to raise the flag how many uh listings are left
1: 21
0: yeah i mean that's strong progress right and the thing is that that this just caught a double printing because it was in uh double masters where mm-hmm. there was way too many of the uh, of the regular foils that were available in the VIP packs, and by the way, VIP packs have made people a bunch of money if they sat on them.
1: It it was a it was in double masters, but did not get any special treatment.
0: Exactly. So so
1: this is the only good one.
0: Yeah. So it's got it's been printed many times in non-foil because it keeps coming up, getting, getting thrown at people in commander decks. But the thing about that is, it keeps the card front of mind. And as you said, the only foils that have ever been available are Innistrad, Double Masters, and Commander Legends. So, you know, we've already made it halfway through my original prediction 10 months later. That's pretty good progress. And I suspect that, you know, you're just coming in at the midpoint and with that many listings left, I think that the odds that these are going to get there are pretty good. The only thing I'll say is that it's not that nobody cares about the foils. It depends where you ship them from, where you ship them to, and what time of year you make the sale is likely to inform whether it ends up being a problem for you. Hmm. If you live in an extremely dry climate and you're keeping these things uh, unsleeved and you put this up for sale using a stock photo and you ship somebody a Pringle, be prepared that they are going to get in touch with you and have it take issue. If you... If you're going to sell this stuff, do what I do, what I did, I guess I don't do, I haven't opened this in a while, but last November when I was cracking this stuff on the basis that we all knew that during the dry season, these were curling real fast, I was triple sleeving them immediately, like perfect fit, face down into a team, uh, a penny sleeve and putting that into a tight top loader. And basically it's going to get to them flat. Now, what happens with the humidity on their end after that, that's going to be up to them.
1: Yeah, I mean that's that's fine. I, I the being careful so as not to uh, frustrate your buyers is as uh, a fair consideration. Um, I I I think that that that's, that's a definitely something to be aware of when you're dealing with selling them. As far as whether or not people will buy them because they don't like the Commander Legends foils, I'm not worried about that. If people will buy Abyssin restored foils, they'll buy these.
0: What is, I'm just curious what Card Kingdoms is offering on the foil extended arts. They are offering 920 cash, twelve dollars credit, which is tracking pretty tightly against TCG Low. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and what I and I, it is on me for missing that you uh, you mentioned these before, but I it's a good pick. It was a year ago and it it was good then, and we've basically gotten to where you wanted it, and it's still good now. So
0: when it's when something's in eighty thousand decks, it's not a. Not a big deal to flag it a couple times a year (laughs) if the opportunity is still in play. All right, so my final selection of the week is uh, a dragon that might not be on people's radar yet. Cloth Unrivaled Ancient. This is the extended art from the Adventures in the Forgotten Realms commander uh, decks. But the extended art, of course, is only available in the related collector boosters. And the extended arts that are unique cards that come from the commander decks can't do not also exist in foil extended art for reasons kind of unknown they just they only are available in extended art form now all of that being said this is a dragon that is getting thrown into a ton of tmat decks Tiamat being a popular commander coming into the summer 2400 decks listed so far on uh edh rec that's 14% of all decks that include green and red, but I think it's safe to say that it basically just means all dragon decks. This is a 4-4 flying haste for 7. When it attacks, you add X mana in any combination of colors where X is the total power of attacking creatures. So if you have a couple dragons and then you drop cloth and attack and swing for 15, you have 15 mana to spend on spells that turn, and the mana doesn't... you don't lose the mana as steps and phases end. So a massive mana boost to do something nasty like fireball somebody out of the game or <clears throat> cast some more dragons or whatever. The important part here is there's only 30 listings of this card left on TCG player already. Uh, the gaming company has 40 of them at 20 bucks a piece. But beyond that, there aren't very many major walls. And I suspect that this is going to be one of those cards that just cr- like gets drained out onesie twosie. Like if we look at the sales history, It sells a copy every day or so, sometimes two, sometimes you skip a day, but the only way that these get replenished is out of the uh, AFR collector boosters getting cracked, and other than gaming company, it's hard to believe very many vendors are going to be doing that given where the EV for that set is currently at. Um, What that means is that I think it's pretty safe to say that within a year, this could pretty easily go 20 to 40 Song is the the people keep building dragon decks, which is very likely to occur.
1: Have you noticed uh, if gaming company updates their prices?
0: They their prices seem to be algorithmically generated, and they probably have floors based on rarity, cross referenced against their cost per rarity, and then they're comparing that to TCG near mint low and making sure that they are price competitive.
1: So your expectation is that even if they have 40 copies of this card, they are not going to sell all 40 copies at $20 necessarily.
0: No, no, no. You're saying like if if the I bought 10 now, would the price go up?
1: Yes. No, not that. Does gaming company adjust their pricing as they sell copies? I've
0: never seen them do that.
1: Okay, so they just pick a price, and that's what they're selling. Them I,
0: for. I think their model is grocery store model. Like they they know what they have to get, kind of per rarity, and total mm-hmm. across a rarity class. And they might, might just run in with it. Yeah, and then they're, they they cross reference against the need, okay. the needs of the market. Now, I I, I don't it, have direct information on that, and I, I I have been in touch with those guys. They don't strike me as the kind that wants to come on cast and explain. <laughs> Their methodology, Mm -hmm. especially since I'm sure there are already people scrambling to try to imitate their model. Um, But yeah, I I think you're safe to purchase those with the price rising as a result. Um, I also think it's possible that, you know, they will certainly they if anybody has access to additional product, it's them. So there's never any guarantees they won't put up another wall of 50. Um, But it's a mythic EA. It's not that easy to find um mm-hmm. you have to open a lot of product to get 40 copies like they did and you can tell because almost everybody else has less than three there's like one yeah, one or two yeah one wall i think one other vendor has six but that that one that has six is gamers guild az which looks like an imitation of their model
1: <laughs> right down to a similar name <laughs> uh well i um the card is obviously very good uh you know the, that 40 copies is certainly a speed bump but or a speed wall but once you get through it then you're golden you just have to dig through those and you know if you're at one every day or two every two or three days you know that you've got a couple of months that means you've cleared out most of their stock by the end of the year um which is pretty comfortable maybe you know even if it's just in the next year that and that's then you're essentially on your you've rounded first and you're clear to to finish out the bases with this terrible metaphor um and we're, we are talking about the foil extended arts here no, right
0: there, there are no foils so you wrote f-e-a so it's just E A. Uh, i'm good. I, I didn't write it i copied and pasted it and forgot to update yeah. it yeah but thank you for the, so, thank you for the correction
1: okay they, so these just the extended arts are, are no foils mm-hmm. um okay
0: and so here's here's the thing i thought for sure if I went over to Card Market, these would be like nine dollars. They're not. They're like twenty-five US. So there's mm-hmm. no help from Europe, and somebody already went after the fifteen-dollar copies that were on Hiroyuya. Uh not me. So the this is the price. Like there's really no mechanisms in place other than mass cracking in extreme volume that are going to hold this back. It's entirely possible these will drain out in three to six months and not 12, but I think put put the safe one year tag on it and we're good.
1: Yeah, I, I'm right there with you as I, th- I think, you know, we kind of tend to shoot long there uh, knowing full well that it could turn around in three weeks. We just don't really anticipate that. I think that this is the best version of this card there. You know, there's the, like you said, the no foils available. Probably not. going to see that show up anytime soon. This is going to be put in virtually every dragon deck that gets made. Right. Like why wouldn't you? Uh, I mean, this is the type of card that's very exciting to attack with. So I think people are going to be drawn to it. Um, you know, the gaming company number is might seem scary, but I, I think it's a lot less of a concern than it needs to be. So, you know, if you're buying in it, you know, what do we got these marked at? 20 bucks to 40? Yeah, that seems pretty viable. Especially once you clear out that 40 brick, you're up to 25 essentially already anyways.
0: The thing is, this card does not even necessarily have Dragon Synergy. Like, it's obviously better when you're attacking with big things, but you can have any kind of stompy deck like if you have an avenger of zendikar and follow it up with this thing you do some <laughs> things get nasty you can play have this on the board and play crater hoof behemoth and things get nasty like things get real nasty so
1: well, yeah at, at that point i feel like uh
0: you're like you're like swinging for 40 it, making 40 mana you're probably doing all right
1: yeah if you're swinging over 40 with crater hoof behemoth you took it easy on the
0: table too so yeah that uh but bottom line it's not a dragon that only works with dragons so
1: right yeah and and, uh, and eventually
0: people will realize
1: yeah i think that it is a powerful card that people want to play uh and you're right absolutely right that it is not limited to dragon synergy it's very good in dragons but you can play really any deck that's red green that wants to punch people in the face is going to be happy to have copies of this so uh, yeah i think this is a solid a solid pickup
0: Alrighty. So that wraps that up. I guess over to the topic of the week, we're going to talk about uh, the judge foils that were announced for 2022, as we currently understand them. And what we heard was that, of course, there is a third party called the Judge Academy that now manages all judge affairs, but they coordinate Mm -hmm. with Wizards to get these promos produced, uh, because it's still very much in Wizards' interest to be keeping judges motivated and unpaid because they don't want to pay them cash or have anything to do with that. They would much rather uh, leave that in the hands of LGSs and tournament organizers and just throw some sweet promos at the problem and hope to get away with it. So the bottom line here is that without knowing what the plan is for promos in a given year, you know, anything could come up. There could be a new fancy soul ring. There could be a new fancy mana crypt. There could be a new rankle. It could be anything. But apparently the theme for 2022 is enchantments, which is very handy because we know what the ones are for the first half of the year already here. And we know what everything else that is not going to be a Judge promo in in the first half of the next year, which means we know everything from October through to June which, you know, closes the door on all sorts of what-ifs. Uh, so that's very nice. And apparently in Q1, it's going to be Greater Oromancy and Omniscience. And in Q2, it's going to be parale- Parallel Lives and Stranglehold. And for the first half of the year, some total, so the first Q1 and Q2, when presenters are doing their online uh, meetings with uh, judges, so like you have a senior judge that's meeting with other judges to discuss Whatever topic they're they're training um, them for, those people are getting no mercy as a uh, judge promo. So that one would presumably there would presumably be less of those. And we also saw some some art for Greater Oromancy and Omniscience, both of which look fine, good. Yeah, solid. The, the, I, I yeah I really find that the
1: appearance of the judge promos as a whole tends to be fine. It's it's never striking. But the, even if the artwork is good, because they use all the basic frames, it feels like they've kind of been overshadowed now by all the showcase product. And even if you go, well, you know, it's more of a classic traditional style. Like, eh, okay. But they updated the frames to the modern border, so they're not that classic and traditional. I don't know. I feel like they're doing the judges a little dirty by keeping the frames like that. But they don't seem to care about Judges anyways. So
0: they're not going to do anything about it. I think the one that matters most here is probably Parallel Lives.
1: Well, it certainly is going to come out of the gate pretty strong. No doubt about that.
0: Some of these are held back from just general uh, lack of alternative printings. Like Greater Oromancy is from Shadowmoor. And has it ever been printed again?
1: Nope. I don't believe so unless that snuck in someplace that I missed it.
0: I find it hard to believe it ever caught another printing because they're basically $70 a piece and they're going to come way, way down when the judge, yeah. foil, when the judge foils show up,
1: not the or- only shadow more. And,
0: and and what I mean by that is not that the original printing is going to come down to meet the judge foil, but just that the judge foils themselves will be driven into the ground because this thing says other enchantments you control have shroud enchanted creatures control huff shroud that's a relatively narrow use case that's that's good in the enchantress decks and and not a whole lot else you got the pillow fort decks as well in edh but those are most of the people that are going to need that Um Stranglehold's a good card possibly underplayed um, but i don't think that's going to be a big deal it's also going to get pretty cheap that's the one that says your opponents can't search libraries and if an opponent would begin an extra turn that player skips that turn instead relatively narrow application Omniscience is in 12,000 12, decks on EDH Rack. This is the one that says you may cast spells from your hand without paying their mana costs. Cost 10 mana to play the card. Um, so, very powerful finisher type card, but uh, Parallel Lives is in 22,000 decks on EDH Rec, uh, or closer to 21,000, I guess. That's 6% of all green decks. And I think that's the one that I'm going to be targeting and grabbing 20 or 30 copies of when they get at their lows?
1: Parallel Lives would absolutely be in more decks if it was cheaper, because by now it's gotten quite pricey. Um, So I'm not, I think that it is the most relevant card, uh, and I do think that it would have more copies in decks if it were cheaper, so it's actually more popular than it appears. Having said that, there was some conversation about in the Discord about prices tanking with um, judge promos because uh, what happens is you get people who, you know, the judge promo comes out and then the card gets reprinted a little later on. And that new copy, you know, if they put in Double Masters 2 or whatever, brings the price down significantly and the judge promos don't really hang on um, because the judge promos were only particularly valuable based on their general rarity so i don't think that's totally unfounded either um i because parallel lives feels in i'm gonna say inflated which is kind of a weird term to use here but essentially very heavily re- supply restricted i am cautious that the judge promo is going to come out looking pretty good and they're going to put it in double masters as a rare and the double ma- the Judge promo was just going to crater because it's not really anything particularly special, and now a lot of people got much cheaper copies.
0: Yeah, so I, I would counter that logic with just some modifications. I think that a double printing in the same year for something that comes out as a rare in a set like a Double Masters is in trouble. Just in general, like rares, just in general, are in trouble if they come out in a set like Double Masters. And also got some other printing that's of relevance, like a Judge promo that's heavily distributed throughout a six-month period, so that they all land at the same time. Now, that being said, Parallel Lives is the most likely candidate for Double Masters, just because it doubles things.
1: Yeah, right. It just seems so hard to turn that away from Double Masters, too. Sure.
0: Now, if it shows up there, then yeah, I think that Parallel Lives, on the whole, is going to pump the brakes and that the judge foils will take longer to get there. If it misses in double masters and everybody avoids the judge foils because they assume it's going to be there and then it's not the expect the judge foils to take off the next day.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, if somehow, if somebody gets word that it's not in double masters, that price is going to be ridiculous, uh, which is obnoxious, but that's what will happen. Um, I, I, my, my angle here would be, to, you know, these are going to come out and I'm not going to jump on them. I'm going to wait and then see what happens with Double Masters. And if it's in Double Masters, the price will come way down. And then as the judge promo follows it, you know, that whatever, six months or, or a year later when the ju- judge promo has finally kind of started the bottom out, then you go buy them, right? Because now you're getting the judge promo parallel lives, essentially at their floor and that's where i'm interested in being a buyer so i'm not going to jump in right at the outside here but i do think that um there is an opportunity down the road
0: part of this depends on how nice the parallel lives art is because the original art is nothing special um and if it does if it catches a foil borderless treatment in vip packs or collector booster packs that might come with double masters 2 and one of those two things is going to happen like there's, there's going to be some premium version of double masters 2 for sure um especially after they proved with modern horizons 2 that they could charge more for that premium product and mm-hmm. and also pr- proved with double masters that they could charge $100 a booster pack for the VIPs um and given that those turned out relatively well for everybody like holding the VIPs for a year it has now been that use case has been proven out and the a lot of those borderless foils have done well for people so all of that being the case um you know I would worry about a fancier version. I, I, the the point I was making the discord was it's not that you get a double printing. It's which is the most desirable version at the end of that. And that's probably the version you want to be dealing with. So you wouldn't want to go super deep on the judge foils in April only to find out in June that there's a really great commonly available printing. That's going to clog the works up for a year. Um, Mm -hmm. I, I suspect the greater Oromancy given enough time will be a pretty solid gainer because if they don't print it anywhere else, you know, and it could be in Double Masters, but it could be anywhere. That's the kind of card that could show up in a secret layer, right? Um and a secret layer printing or a rare printing in a in a very widely open set is is the break pumping that you want to be watching for. But you know, I think your game plan, the timing of it is very solid because you can wait until the first half of the year distribution is mostly complete amongst the judges, and then you'll see what's happening in double masters and you'll be in position to make a call.
1: Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, I, it, th- that seems to be right about where you want to be Is you know, there, the, the concerns over what might pop up in double masters and the special treatments is, is a good one as well, because, you know, there's a really good full art double masters copy of Parallel Lives and the judge one is just, you know, average-ish art with no special border uh it's gonna be a hard sell there for people to want to pick copies of that up
0: the other thing that i'm curious about is whether the theme for of enchantments lasts the entire year Uh, i'm just trying to double check the wording of what was released on the judge academy pages uh, yes it is for the entire year so I would imagine there's some pretty good ones coming for the second half of the year you could see something like a smothering tithe uh, they already did Ristic Study and by the way <laughs> Ristic Study Judge Foils um, were one of the ones where I went about as deep as I went on masterpieces back in the day I had f- 16 or 20 of them acquired between $40 and $50 US just sold another one yesterday for 200 bucks. So those are doing just fine. Ristic study is the kind of thing where you might see it show up in the Dungeons and Dragons themed c- Commander set. It's a little tricky. Ristic is a word that is specific to a plane on uh within the Magic multiverse. But ristic can be used just in a general magical context. So it's not completely ridiculous to see it. Like scrying spells exist in the D&D world. And so, yeah. Ristic Study probably gets another printing sometime in the next 12 months. Could be, it's not going to be one of the Judge Foils because we've already got a Judge Foil of it. But could show up in, in one of these other places. Could be in Double Masters. Could be in, probably not a secret lair, but Double Masters or the Commander Legend set would be my guess.
1: I'm not I'm going to pretend to take a guess as to where it's going to show up, but all those don't seem like terrible choices. Uh, but it is the type of card you would think they wouldn't wait too long in between printings of. And it already has been a good bit now, right? Like a year and a half? Has it been two years? Two years. Been two years.
0: On the Judge Foils?
1: It's a good, uh, good pickup.
0: And people thought for sure it was going to be in Commander Legends last November, right? So... It sure felt like a good choice and, and it wasn't uh and neither was smothering Tide. so both of those are certainly are certainly pretty big draws for whatever set you drop them into and i suspect they're going to get around to that this year
1: uh you mean 2022 correct yeah this coming here yeah
0: all right so that's a wrap for this one where can people find you online travis
1: I am on Twitter at Wizard and B U uh, M P I N every day unfortunately. How about you?
0: You guys can find me on Twitter at MDG Critic as well as via my occasional articles on mdgprice.com and my constant haunting of the pro trader discord. I'd also like to remind our listeners to check out the MGPrice.com pro trader service for just $9.99 a month or $109.99 per year. You can get early access to this podcast, fantastic articles by the best MTG Finance minds in the business in a super active Discord forum that will drive better returns and save you money playing Magic the Gathering.
1: Once again, MTG Fast Finance is proudly sponsored by Cool Stuff, Inc., where you can find all sorts of cool stuff in stock, including the best in Magic the Gathering singles, sealed product, and a plethora of other collectibles. Use the promo code FINANCE5 during checkout at coolselfink.com and save 5% off your order and support our podcast. That is the end of episode 292. Uh, Another good one in the books, and I believe we have another show lined up for
0: next week. Thank you, Travis. We'll see you all next week on another episode of MTG Fast Finance.